Hello and welcome back to Grateful Gwenna. We're so glad you've joined us and we sincerely hope you're safe and sound. If you or someone you know or love is in imminent danger, please do not hesitate and contact the National Center for Domestic Violence at 1-800-799-SAFE. Well, I have, I know I say I have a different episode podcast today occasionally, but this one is probably more different than any I've ever done. Uh, I have been sensing and feeling something for a long time lately, and this is very personal, but I'm sharing it with you. And I don't know, because maybe some of you can relate. But uh, as I've aged and gotten older, so to speak, um, I've been sensing something more and more in my life. And it's not that I'm depressed or anything, although I have always for many years struggled with chronic depression, but this is actually absolutely unrelated to that. And it has been um, partially in part the simplicity of life. You know, the older I get, the more I realize the less complicated life really is. And the more I realize that life is not really complicated, even though it can seem like it is at times, it can seem like that at times, the more I realize we're all on this planet, we're put on this planet for a reason, for a purpose. Just like Jesus, who accomplished God's will for his purpose on this planet, we have, I believe, a purpose in our life, a purpose on this planet and God's will for our lives. And the older I get, and as I get older, the more I realize what's most important is, am I fulfilling God's calling, God's purpose, God's will for me on this planet and in this temporary life? Because as the Bible says, for those of us who are Christians, and by Christians, the world misunderstands that term. I do not mean a quote-unquote good person, which I believe there is none because we're all born with sin and evil thoughts and desires in us because we're all sinners, because we're all human. That's a whole nother uh, philosophy of thought right there. But um, And I got myself all distracted from the point. <laughs> um, but if we believe in Jesus, then, and even if we don't, I believe, personally, I personally believe that each of us was put here on this planet for a reason, and we are here to serve a purpose. Not that we're being used or anything, but there's a reason for our existence. Um, we were created by God to do something in this life, and that's different for each and every one of us. And God gives us each different personalities, um, different passions, and sometimes they're developed through our life occurrences. Um and God gives us each different spiritual giftings to use for the purposes he plans for us to accomplish on this planet. And I'm making this sound very compli complicated, I guess, right now, but it's actually not. It's actually quite simple. And so for the past few years now, especially, I've been questioning and wondering, God, what is my purpose on this planet? What did you create me to do? And, um, this is just my own uh, personal observation, experience, and opinion, but I believe and I have noticed 
that when God calls people home, and by that I mean that when people die their physical death, at least the ones I've seen um, who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, it's usually because they're not perfect, but they've basically spiritually arrived. And what do I mean by that? Um, they, they have this, I've noticed every single person I've noticed that God has taken home that has been a believer in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And obviously that's in my own limited experience, which is minimal compared to the vast experience of God, obviously the divine experience, but every person I've noticed, and I've been observing a very long time, they've kind of been there spiritually, so to speak. Again, not that they're perfect, but like they seem to have a wisdom well beyond their years. And I personally definitely believe that comes from God. And so because of that observation experience and opinion and belief that's been caused by what I've seen and witnessed and experienced um, firsthand by watching others who've gone on and passed away, um, especially and even with COVID, you know, people who were completely healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and, and had great relationships with Christ, but they passed away during COVID. It was even true with them as well. Like they had helped a lot of people, um, you know, their, their faith produced works, their character displayed lots of fruit. And um, what I've come to determine from my analysis, and I'm a very analytical person, um, and I'm logical and um, not judgmental. I try not to be anyway, but an, uh, analytical, uh, logical, you know, um, rational. Uh, I have a good head on my shoulders. Sometimes I can be a little airheaded, but, and I'm very intelligent. Um, and I've learned over the years to be a little, a little emotional because I'm just really not emotional at all. I do care about people, but like, I don't like, it doesn't always show. I guess it does show more than it used to because I'm thinking of my students. So I guess it does show a lot more than it used to, but I'm more of an analytical type person because that's how God made me. And analyzing all of these situations, experiences, and circumstances that I have seen, experienced, and or witnessed, I've come to the conclusion, my own personal self, I'm not speaking about scripture right now, I'm talking about my own observations and the things I've gone through or the, or watched others go through. Um, like another example was my great, not my, yeah, my aunt, my great aunt, I guess she'd be my great aunt because my aunt would be my if my parents had a sibling, that'd be my aunt. So my great aunt, um, when she passed away, like I kind of knew that was her time and I don't know how I knew, like, I didn't know, um, like my brain didn't understand it, but my heart knew. And I realized afterwards, after the fact, my brain caught up to my heart and my spirit. And I was like, Oh, that's what that was. Um, but it was the same for her too. Like she was a great witness. She's, she was a great Christian testimony to those around her. She was constantly trying to help other people. Was she perfect? No. I remember my grandma, who was her sister, used to get mad at her all the time because she could be really bossy. And she could. She could be really bossy. But I mean, she was a servant and had a servant's heart. And she really, you know, showed Christ's example. But the conclusion that I have drawn from that is, 
okay, based on all these other people's experiences, I know that I've done good in the world um, and I know I've made my mistakes and I know I've done good in the world and I know I've helped people, which I'm grateful. I love helping people. So I used to question, why am I still on this planet? And I kind of still do a little bit, but I've come to the conclusion that the reason I'm still on this planet is because God's not finished with me yet. I'm not done yet. I have not yet accomplished his will for his life, for my life. Excuse me. I have not yet accomplished his will for my life. So that conclusion leads me to, and yes, I'm a very philosophical person at times. <laughs> that conclusion leads me to think, okay, so God, what is exactly your will for my life? Um, some of the things that I know, and, and I'm just a tool. Please understand, I'm just a tool. You know, we're all just tools. Um, when we walk in obedience to Christ, you know, and there's scripture, I believe it's Second Corinthians 10, 5, maybe 10, 7. Uh, I used to know all these references really well, but the older I get, the harder it is to remember the exact addresses. But basically it says that we are to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So when we're walking or trying and doing our best to walk in obedience to Christ, the question then necessarily becomes, am I doing Christ's will for my life? Am I doing what God put me on this planet to do? And, you know, I'm not saying that my life hasn't meant anything so far, but I can sense that my time is drawing near. And it's really weird to say that. Like, and, and with God, a thousand years is like a day and a day is a th like a thousand years. So I don't know exactly what that means. I'm 53 years old, but I can sense that my time is drawing near. And I believe that means both simultaneously my time to step out into what God's will for my life is and my time to for God to call me home, eventually call me home. Um, I really hope that, um, that I can be reconciled with my estranged son before that happens because I personally, selfishly, I don't want him to be left with anything like you know, I don't want God to call me home and I die and my son to have any regrets. Like, I wish I would have talked to her. I know right now he doesn't feel that way. I don't think because if he did, he would already be talking to me, but I don't want him to like have that. Oh, like any regrets, you know, like, oh, I wish I would have talked to her or it's too late now, you know? Um, and, and I know that he's a kind person deep down. So even though, you know, he hasn't always been kind to me, but I haven't always been kind to him either. But that's not the point of this, you know, so I can feel God telling me that my time is coming. It's coming. He spoke to me this morning and said, it's coming. And um, just two words, it's coming. And I know that's God because I'm very glib and he's very succinct. And every time he speaks to me, I immediately know it now because it's so succinct. It's just like, I, I talk a lot more than that, as you can tell by my podcasts. <laughs> um, so I it's not that I haven't done anything or accomplished anything yet in life. Because, you know, some of the things that God has used me as a tool, as I said earlier, you know, those of us who believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are his witnesses. We are his tools. And sometimes we plant seeds. Um, some of us lead people to Christ or the Holy Spirit uses us to help them come to Christ more accurately speaking. You know, um, I know some of the ways he's used me. Um, 
you know, I hopefully, hopefully did a good job with the tools I had and the knowledge and experience I had, number one, of teaching my sons God's word. And I think that sometimes, at times, I was a little too legalistic because, you know, that was my background. Even though I was a lot less legalistic than my background was for me growing up, but um, hopefully they got out of it, you know, what will help them to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as their best friend. Um, because Jesus calls us his friend. And um, in the Bible, Jesus calls us his friends. And Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child when he is young. No, train up a child. Well, I don't remember it off the top of my head now exactly, but basically train up a child and when he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, if you teach your children about God's word and scripture when they're young, when they're old, they will still believe. So, you know, we all have times of questioning our faith and I believe, not everybody, but a lot of us do, myself included. I had a lot of times of that. You know, I used to not understand, you know, why why does God allow this to happen to me? You know, but again, it's the depravity and the evil and the human sin nature in the world. And we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of this dark world, right? And um, if you're a brand new baby Christian or you're not, you know, you're not a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior yet, I do apologize if some of this is kind of going over your head a little bit because I realize I'm speaking some some Christianese terms here. Um, but I would encourage you to, you know, if you don't know Jesus, you know, um, he loves you and he wants you to know him. And uh, there's nothing you could have ever said or done nothing at all that would prevent you or exclude you or preclude you from having a relationship with him. Um, he created you. God created you and wants a relationship with you. So obviously it's your choice. He's not going to force you because he doesn't want puppets, I don't believe. And again, that's my personal opinion. Um, and then, you know, some baby Christians might not understand everything I'm saying. But those of you who are veteran Christians, I'm probably not even going halfway deep enough for you. And that's fine. Um, but I guess the point I'm trying to make here is, uh, like I said earlier, one thing I know I've accomplished so far with God's help was I made a lot of mistakes, but I know I did my very best to help my children understand God's love for them in the Bible. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they understood that more than just the behave and, you know, Ephesians 6, 1, was it? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That was one of our scripture memory verses. I believe it was from Abeka when we homeschooled. And, um, you know, my my children have said that they don't remember a lot of what I taught them when they were homeschooling, but I taught them for 10 years, um, basically based on the Bible and creationism and creation science. But I did teach them, you know, um, about what exists in the world about other religions and other beliefs so that they wouldn't be, you know, too sheltered. Um, but I know that they don't really remember a lot of that. At least I know one of them doesn't because he's shared that with me. Um, but hopefully the foundations, you know, so that's one thing that hopefully I did a fairly decent job on and I am trusting God to cover any and all mistakes I made because I'm human and fallible, just like all of us. 
That's one thing. Um, a second thing that I was told not to talk about at my old district um, was that God used me to prevent a few kids from following through on their suicidal thoughts and ideations. And um, I'm not a counselor yet. I'm not a therapist licensed or anything. I am in training to become eventually a mental health um, life coach. But what I'm learning and what I'm discovering as I'm going through these courses is what my counselor told me, um, had told me is actually true that a lot of these things I'm already and have been doing instinctively. Um, and so teaching right now is my calling. Absolutely. For sure. I love teaching. Um, and like I've said before, I think on here too, is that on these podcast episodes, I mean, is that teaching is the only job I've ever had. Although I loved my job at family Christian stores because I loved being in a Christian environment and felt I could be a lot more myself there. Um, but teaching is actually the only job I've ever had where most of the time I don't even feel like it's work. I love teaching. It's so much fun. I love it with a passion. Um, the only thing that feels like work is grading papers and lesson planning. Um, I do like to plan though, and I like to organize, uh, you know, the paperwork, the paperwork is a part that feels like work, but when I'm teaching, you know, when I'm answering questions, when I'm interacting with students, when I'm learning about my students, I mean, it's so much fun. So I know that teaching is a calling and it's also my number two spiritual gifting. Um, number one is prophecy. Number two is teaching. And number three is knowledge as in biblical knowledge. And so, at least mostly, I think, I think it, I don't know if it's all knowledge, but I do love to learn. So that's probably why that's number three. Um, so teaching is definitely my calling, but I'm learning that counseling may also be my calling too. So I guess you can have more than one, more than one calling. And I've even had students ask me to counsel them. Obviously I can't because, you know, I'm not licensed for that. At this time, and I don't know what God has planned for me exactly yet. I'm just kind of following his will for my life, if you will, or trying to. So I know that, number one, I've, you know, done my best to instill a foundation of God's biblical word in my children as I raise them, my own children. Um, number two, I've helped lots of kids, actually, over the years as I've taught the first 10 years um in my own homeschool and as I homeschooled and taught other people's homeschooled students, children, um, Spanish, and also in a private school for a, a moment in time for just a little bit and in public schools and even a charter school, um, is where all I've worked. And I know over the years, God has used me to help several students, whether I've gotten them, to get help through a counselor, um, guidance counselor, or an actual counselor, um, or I've just listened to them, or whatever it is, um, because legally as a teacher, you know, they have to, I have to make sure they understand, you know, I'm not a counselor, and, you know, but sometimes kids feel comfortable with their teacher because they see their teacher almost every single day, you know, um, unless you're in a block schedule, but you still see them a lot more than, you know, the counseling staff and things like that. And so you always encourage them to go to the counselor. Um, but sometimes they don't want to. Sometimes they feel like they know you better. 
So, um, you know, I just try to do God's will and stay legal, basically. Um, and I do. Uh, God helps me do a pretty good job of balancing that act. Um, balancing that. not It's not an act. But, um, and then, you know, so that was, you know, number two. And that that's a huge thing. Number three, um, I know I've helped a friend of mine who has multiple mental illnesses. Um, I guess I didn't even realize it at first, but I had been instinctively counseling this friend. And my own counselor um, noticed it and made an observation and is the one who actually put me in these or suggested, let me left the decision up to me. Um, but my counselor was correct. Um, I've been helping this friend and I was just instinctively counseling him and basically already doing the help of a therapist. And so, um, she recognized that spiritual gifting in me and, um, was able to help me and, um, helped me get a scholarship so that I could take this course, these courses, actually it's three courses and I've completed two of the three so far. And when I finish the third one, I will be a, I believe it said a certified mental health life coach. So that's exciting. And so, um, I will be able to help, um, people, you know, um, and guide them and direct them to the professionals that can really help them as well. But I, I, so I know I've been helping this friend of mine of ours. Um, so that's, you know, at least three things I can think of off the top of my head that God has helped or used me to help in my life. And, you know, I feel good about those that I've, you know, accomplished that will for my life. And then number four, which is huge and obviously related to this podcast ministry, because this is a podcast ministry. Um, thankfully, I'm grateful to God for that is um, as a domestic violence survivor, and overcomer and thriver myself and a former victim, I have been able to, over the years, um, behind the scenes, help, thankfully, thank God, um, I've been able to help multiple women with domestic violence, multiple victims of domestic violence. Um, God's used me to help them, more than anything, rationalize and think to, through the process um, because most of the time when you are a victim of abuse, excuse me, uh, most of the time when you are or have been a victim of abuse, um, you've been brainwashed and or you're in a lot of denial. So mostly what God has used me to do over the years is help these women realize who are actually being abused, that they are being abused and and just come to terms with it and accept it and admit it. And especially realize that there's no shame in it. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. If you are a victim of abuse, you do not deserve it. And, you know, you, you don't have to accept it. And um, I've also um, helped them a little bit with, you know, escaping or how to escape or, you know, financial planning, things like that in secret, in private over the years, um, because there is this element of embarrassment and privacy and secrecy, unfortunately, involved, and it's definitely a taboo topic. So I'm thankful for number four that, you know, God's used me to help some of these ladies uh, um, escape their living hells within the walls of their own home. And, you know, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about real abuse here, not, you know, someone who's saying they're being abused, but they're really not. And I've been able to help multiple women, thankfully, thank God, who've been been being abused.
So those are four things I can think of off the top of my head that thankfully God has used me to accomplish his will in my life and in the lives of some others. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm thankful for that. Don't get me wrong, but I can sense and I can feel that there's something more, there's something more important, not more important. That's not the right phrasing. There's something more, something bigger, maybe. I can't even articulate accurately the right word to express it. And I'm a linguist, so <laughs> um, that might tell you how big or how, not how big, how important, not how important. See, I can't even accurately express it. But it's something. It's majorly something. Um, but I can sense there's something all I can think of is big, and that's not even the right word. There's something major, huge, big, important, um, overwhelming, but in a good way. Because um, we tend to think of the word overwhelming with a negative connotation to it. There's something huge coming that God created me for. I can feel it. I can sense it. I've felt it and sensed it for years. But it's almost like I'm just sitting around waiting for it. And then this morning, God told me, it's coming. It's coming. Like when I'm at school, when I'm teaching, I feel so fulfilled, you know, and I'm also tired <laughs> um, because, you know, with all my physical and medical illnesses and limitations, um, and I have 27, <laughs> mostly minor, um, but I have 27 things medically wrong with me. Um, I take and use all my energy for teaching. And by the time the weekend comes around, I'm just exhausted. Like I'm literally sitting in bed in my pajamas recording this podcast. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. And so by the time the weekend rolls around, Saturdays are what I call my down day or my PJ day, my pajama day. And every Saturday I have to just de-stress and decompress. And every Saturday is my pajama day and I try to do absolutely nothing. Um, the last couple of weekends I had extra work I had to do so that didn't happen, but I've learned about myself and this is important too. Even God took a rest after he created for six days on the seventh day, he rested and God spoke to me in my spirit a couple of years ago. You need to learn how to rest and you need at least one day a week where you rest. So every Saturday I just decompress and, you know, I relax. I don't work. I just I love movies, so a lot of time I'll watch movies, um, I'll read books, I'll play games on my phone, um, I might talk on the phone to a friend or to my son. It's just my down day, and you need that. You need that to stay healthy. You, everybody needs a break because we're all human. Like I said, even God needed a break. And so that's a good example. God set a good example for us. So I do feel like grateful and I'm thankful that I could help those people. And people have helped me over the years too. And it's really hard to accept help when you're the one used to helping other people. But God taught me that lesson too. And it, it's a humbling lesson, but it's a good lesson to learn. It's okay and sometimes even necessary to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. And um, sometimes it can be even be a sinful pride issue to not be able to ask for help. You know what I mean? Um, but I can sense there's something huge coming and huge, like I said, is not even the right word, but I cannot as a linguist even think of an accurate word to articulate what's coming, but I can feel, I just, 
instinctively and intuitively know it's coming. And I also kind of feel um, instinctively that once that comes, my purpose will be over and God will be ready to take me home. And I don't know how long that'll be, but I can sense that it's coming. And I think I can sense and feel that it's coming soon. And I honestly have no clue exactly what it is, but I trust God and I know that he created me for that purpose, whatever it is. He created me for a reason. And all of this that I've gone through so far is preparing me for that reason. And all I can hope is that like he told Jesus, he'll say to me, well done, good and faithful service. I'm sorry. Well done, good and faithful servant. This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Now, does that mean I did everything correctly? No, absolutely not. I've made multiple mistakes. I've failed multiple times. I've had multiple careers, <laughs> multiple jobs. But with God's help, I've done my best. And the most important is that I'm in God's will for my life. And I will tell you that when you're being abused, God can use anyone, but it's easier to step out in ministry when you're not under that yoke of slavery. And abuse is slavery because you're a slave, at least mentally, to the person who's abusing you or to whatever you believe about yourself, maybe, that they've been telling you. And so it is a form of oppression, most definitely. It's a form of bondage. It's a form of slavery. And so... Um, it's much easier, I feel, personally feel, excuse me, and believe it's much easier to be under attack spiritually if you're already struggling with that. And I feel like that our enemy, the devil, attacks us in those ways because then he thinks and knows that he can prevent us from stepping out into ministry or at least completely in a fulfilling way. And so... Abuse can also be a distraction of what God has for us to do in life. So what does God have for you to do in life? Are you doing it already? Have you accomplished part of or any of his will for your life? Are you truly being abused? Is your relationship with your abuser distracting you from God's will for, for your life? Are you depriving someone else of a blessing? I'm not trying to heap condemnation or guilt on anyone because that is not of God. These are just questions for all of us to reflect on and ponder. And I, the questions I ask you are questions I ask or have already asked myself as well. You know, so please don't think I'm be, be, trying to be hypocritical because I'm really not. Um, I would never tell you to do anything that I haven't already done myself or wouldn't do myself. And, you know, as a teacher, I say the same thing to my students and I strongly and firmly believe it. And, you know, um, I come under conviction at times if I see a student say or do something that they've seen me say or do, and I will apologize to them and say, you know what, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was doing that or saying that, you know, please forgive me. I won't do it again. And then I don't, you know. Because we're all human and we all make mistakes and we should learn from our mistakes. And when we learn from our mistakes, we come better and we become just a little more like Jesus each time, Jesus each time, you know, and um, 
Kids want us to be real, you know, whether they're our own children or someone else's, you know, they don't expect us to be perfect all the time. And uh, we can't be anyway, so we might as well stop trying. And um, so, you know, I look forward to whatever God's going to do with my life. I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm excited for it. And I feel like right now he's telling me to rest, continue to rest and prepare for it and prepare myself by resting, being in the word, praying, being in fellowship with other Christians and doing what he tells me to do. And finally, number five, this podcast ministry, um, I'm hopeful that it's helped and is helping a lot of people. Um, I really hope it's blessing you. I know it's being heard in 12 countries so far around the world. Praise God. I'm so grateful for that. Um, I, I hope it's really helping people. Like I said, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm just sharing my personal experiences with you. But I've learned over the years as people have started to open up a lot more about domestic violence and it's not quite as taboo a topic as it used to be and people are more open and willing to share about it than they used to be, that I'm definitely not alone, that a lot of my experiences, unfortunately, are very common among domestic violence victims and survivors. And, um, you know, uh, I'm thankful for a group that I met a few weeks ago in a training in Illinois um, called Focus Ministries. Um, unfortunately, sadly, we had the bond in common of we are all domestic violence survivors and overcomers, but it also created an instant fellowship and sisterhood among all of us because, you know, we understand nuances that people who haven't been through domestic violence couldn't possibly understand. And they don't, they don't understand it at all. They try bless their hearts. And that's sweet and kind of them, but they're, they're just not going to get it. It's almost impossible, next to impossible for them to get it because they haven't walked through it. They haven't lived it themselves. So hopefully, number five, hopefully this podcast episode is helping people. Um, I got a lot more feedback in the beginning. People told, when I first created it, people told me how much it helped them. People told me that, you know, I listened to your podcast and I gave it to my daughter or I gave it to my sister or I gave it to my friend and it really helped them. And, you know, um, I remember one person, one lady told me that she was able to leave her abuser and it gave her the courage to leave. And so I praise God for that. You know, um, hopefully it's blessing a lot of people and saving a lot of lives and, you know, protecting a lot of women and children. So, um, and I look forward to not only what God's going to do in my life, but I look forward to what he is doing and is going to do through your life. Now, one last thing, please don't take this the wrong way. When I said earlier, you know, is your being a victim of domestic violence or abuse preventing you from fulfilling God's ministry calling on your life? Don't take that the wrong way. I'm not blaming you. I'm not shaming you. Not at all. Just food for thought. But what I'm actually doing, and I want to reassure you that, you know, God spoke through a stone. He spoke through a donkey. He can speak through anything, including scripture taken out of context. I hate when people say that. <laughs> it's one of my pet peeves. Um, like, don't use it to serve your own purposes, obviously. But, you know, God can speak through anything. So don't think that just because you're a victim of domestic violence, God can't use you because that's not true either. And remember, um, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have his authority and power living inside of you. 
And Jesus said that we would do even greater things than he did while he was on this planet. So I hope that's encouraging to you today. Um, Please let me know your thoughts. Let me know if I've helped you in any way. Um, You can reach me on Facebook also. I have my privacy settings set. But if you send me me a Facebook Messenger private message, it'll pop up saying message request and I can accept or deny. Just let me know in your message what you're saying. Um, You can also post replies to my podcast recordings here. I would love to hear from you. And um, please interact. And you, I can learn from you as well. You may have something someone else needs to hear on here as well. You may have been through something I haven't. You may have learned something I haven't. So please, I encourage you to share um, your experiences and what you've learned and your questions, your comments. I'm very open to them. I'm very grateful from them. Um, I am a lifelong learner, which means I want to learn as long as I live and learn from each other. So thank you for listening. Um, I think about you all the time. I pray for you all the time. I want you to have the freedom I have. It does get lonely at time, but it's way better than being abused. Thanks for listening. God bless you. I love you, but most importantly, Jesus loves you more. Until next time.